Hey y'all, and welcome back to another episode of Faith and Friends. I am really pumped that we're here today for another fun and fruitful conversation. This is such an amazing episode, and I'm so grateful to share it with you. Today we are talking with one of my mentors. Sierra Jo Dominguez means so much to me in my life, and I just asked her to come on today and just share some wisdom about how we can steward both business and babies. Last time we talked to Sierra was episode four. Y'all, that was in 2019, and we recap a little bit, which is super sweet, but so much has happened since 2019. Back when we filmed our first episode, we just started Faith and Friends, and my goodness, Sierra just had a baby, and now we've been through a pandemic, and she started a business, and so I can't wait for you to hear all the things, but man, oh man, you may be like me, and you're not in a season where you're either starting a business in the business world or stewarding a family starting a family, all of that. Honestly, right now in this season, I'm hanging out with y'all here on Faith and Friends and doing a little bit of nannying, which has been so fun. So I just pray that today's episode warms your heart because it's so beautiful for us to have friends and mentors and people in our lives two, three steps ahead of us so we can just watch and learn and glean wisdom from where they've been as they trailblaze this path. And oh, I'm just so excited. And there also may be a little special guest that comes on and shares some wisdom as well. So I pray that this episode just encourages you. I pray that you just have fun because you can tell we just had so much fun today. Anyways, Sierra Jo Dominguez, welcome back to Faith and Friends, sister. Live and in the flesh. In the flesh. It's been how long since we did our podcast together? Sister, that was December of 2019. No, it was not. It really was. What? You were episode four. Eric was a baby. Yeah, he literally was like in my arms. New. Brand new. Wow. You know, so much has happened. Oh, gosh. It's been busy for both of us. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and for the world and for, you know, just life. Oh my gosh. Like we were sitting on my couch with, I had just a little cheap old microphone and we just sat crisscross applesauce and you just shared your story. And so friends, as you're listening to this episode, I'm so glad you're here, but my gosh, I need you to go back to episode four to choose life. You know, <laughs> yes, joy. choose joy, but definitely choose life. You know what I'm saying? Tell, tell us life. all the things. i'm gonna let you say it sierra choose joy speak life keep marching that's right with sierra joe dominguez sierra i just love you so much and over the past few years you have just flourished so much in a new season and it's been such an honor to walk alongside you as your sister but truly we became friends and you quickly became a mentor in my life just speaking such truth and love. And it was never like this, Hey, will you be my mentor? It was just more like, Hey, Georgia, why don't you come over? I'm just going to feed my babies. And do you want to talk for like two hours? Yep. Yep. You can be involved in my life. If you just do life with me, (laughs) that's about as formal as it gets. Yeah. I mean, we can't slow down. That's one thing I've noticed with you is it's just like, come alongside me, but I can't really offer you anything other than perpetual motion, perpetual. Yeah. Because truly I think that because I have, you know, I, I, I survived a lot, which I don't even like using that word because I feel like it's, it's a, it's a weighty word, mm-hmm. but I recognize the redemption in survival. Yeah. Um, so when you survive a lot, you just really don't have time 
for inauthenticity. And that was something that I really felt strongly about is I just want to be able to have an organic, if you call it, you know, authentic platform to be able to use. So if people want to come over to my house and share a cup of coffee with me as my kiddos are running around us, come on over. And I love that. That's what our relationship has been. Truly. You've just been doing life with me and equally me with you. You know, I've been able to talk with you on the phone when you're, you know, having whenever you just need encouragement or Or something exciting, or if you have a meltdown or if I'm having a meltdown. And, um, I think that that because distance, you know, obviously you being in Tennessee and me being in Arkansas, I think that that has been something so kind because I have very specifically asked God, you know, um, in, in my friendships, let the perennials be the perennials and let the annuals be the annuals. And fortunately for me, I have the great honor of having you as a perennial friend who comes back. And each year that we've done life together, it's been just phenomenal. It's been, like I said, really high highs, really low lows. And that is what doing life together should be. And that's authentic, you know? So no. Oh gosh. I could just ooh and offer ever about how much I love you and how much you mean to my life and to the, this chapter and every chapter, like she's giving me a little heart with her hand. <laughs> oh. But seriously, like looking back in 2019, let's just recap where we've been. I was in college. I was a little lost in that season. I was healing from and just unhealthy friendship with a guy. And you just came alongside me. We had our first little coffee brunch date and we ordered two things because we couldn't decide what we wanted and you had just had a baby like what how old was Merrick four or five six months no he so so we did the podcast in December of 2019 Merrick was born in September of 2019 so actually I think our very first meetup oh you were pregnant with him I think I was pregnant with him. Oh my word. Look at life. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's, what's crazy about it. And now he's like the ploofiest, ploofiest two-year-old that ever was, you know, like bust a can of biscuits still, but can talk. I know. (laughs) (laughs) The little Pillsbury doughboy. (laughs) The doughboy. He's so cute. (laughs) And he does this like little, he'll go, (laughs) if you like tell him that he gets like a piece of candy or something, he'll go, and like, so he legit is our Pillsbury Doughboy. He is precious. I love that. And he's what, number him. seven? Yes. Number, number seven. Seven, number seven. So we have seven between the ages of 11 and two. So Kyle turned 12. He's our oldest. He'll turn 12 um, this summer. And that has been a phenomenal journey. I mean, motherhood has been the single-handedly most refining process in my life. It has stripped down all of those jagged edges in my own heart, um, all of those jagged worldviews that I had, you know, all of those just, um, I don't know. It just, it, it softens you. It, it, it's, it's like sandpaper on you sometimes where it grates at you, but truly it's been the most refining process. Why are you, do you need something, babe? No. Yeah. Just a kiss. (laughs) He tripped over something on his way to give me a kiss. Okay. That's okay. That's allowed. We We love the Dominguez. 
I was like, I thought it was a kid like sneaking in here. You're like, mommy, can I have five more minutes? Which they get this that kid. from me. This so kid. They, That's true. He's sneaking kid. in just to give me a kiss. Yeah, you he... have truly eight. Yes, truly, truly it's eight this, kids. This is the biggest yes. kid of all. Mark Dominguez. Yeah. Okay, mm. you can't just like your body be in the shot. Like, show your face. Mm. This is Say, a small room. It is a small. Say room. hello to everybody. You're a tall individual. Yes. Okay, we're chatting motherhood. You want to tell us how motherhood has affected you? Yeah, tell us about motherhood, Mark Dominguez. My life. Motherhood. Actually, I will say this about motherhood. What do you, mom or Sierra always says this, and I find this as a very good words of wisdom. Mm-hmm. It's the toughest job you'll ever love. Mm-hmm. That's a good, a good saying. Yeah, because I've worked all sorts of jobs that are, were difficult. All sorts of been around all sorts of people that were, you know, conflict. Yeah. But motherhood is the toughest one that at the end of the day, I can say, I absolutely love this. And I can wake up the next day and be ready again. to go. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever like, did you always want to be a mom? I did. I, I think that that stems from, I have um, like 54 first cousins and I'm the oldest. I'm, one, my brother and I were the oldest of all of them. So when we would gather together on my great grandparents' farm, I would be the ringleader that was yeah. like, let's play this. Let's do a game of this. You know, like the little mother hen that's like, oh, yeah, all these like that. true, true. Mm-hmm. I, seriously, we still go to visit my grandparents' farm and I'll be like, OK, guys, come on. We're going <laughs> to you're a leader and by I, heart. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I had some really neat. Um, life experience where I worked at a daycare facility for three years before I got pregnant with Kai. I didn't know that. And yeah, that was equally refining because it was me with other people's children for 12 hours a day. And, um, you know, I will say that's one of the best ways to know if the woman or yeah, I guess it can go both ways in the sense of like the way you're observing your future spouse but how they interact with other people's children. That's, that's <laughs> true. You know that if they're consistently that great with other people's children, there's bar any major life things happening, they're going to be even greater with your children. So that's, that's so true. And yeah, I love that. I started dating when I was working at the daycare. That's, oh. that was my job. So he would like come pick me up for lunch from the daycare and, you know, so yeah. And I bet that's attractive, Mark, that you saw like her, you know, loving on other people's babies. Was that just so cute? For someone who wanted kids and loves kids, you know, want a big family. Absolutely. And Mark was never really around kids. He really didn't didn't have, have he didn't know that kids teeth. Um, oh, that they had to get teeth through their gums. Was <laughs> he was like, so, why don't they just get them? Why does it have to be painful? That's so, so I unfair. Remember, I, remember. I was like, <laughs> I don't have the answers to this, Mark. They're just getting their teeth. <laughs> once you, once you, you, you as a, a newbie parent, you, you get um, this new, you know, creature, this human in your life. <laughs> creature. And you're, and you're like, wow, this is so amazing, yet so foreign at the same time. And I remember you're so exhausted and you're just so grateful though. And I remember when you start getting that first like solid, like six hours of sleep again, which is amazing for a parent, especially with a newborn, when you uninterrupted six hours of sleep, you're like, this is incredible. 
And then all of a sudden, yeah, the TV thing kicks in. And I was like, whoa, we just got back to like a normal. He says, excuse me. Normal sense of <laughs> Go back to sleep. We were sleeping. <laughs> what is going on? I was like, this is like, this is so unfair. What I know. That this is <laughs> so unfair for them. And I was like, well, and us. I, I like, mean, yeah, but how do you expect him to eat? Like they have to teeth, babe. He's like, I just didn't know it was Which painful. Which is a great lesson that shows you even from infancy in, in, in birth, there is the whole no pain, no gain concept, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And it makes me think of scripture. Like when it talks about like, you got to come off the bottle and into bottle to me, like having those spiritual faith muscles come in can be painful because your eyes are being opened to a new season, you know? Absolutely. And and it's one that sometimes like when you're a newborn, you don't even know it's happening, but it's happening. Yeah. And you don't really understand that you're going to need that you need it so yeah it was pretty awesome being a being being around people or being around a person who loves children and you talk about motherhood it's such a you know without children you don't really have the motherhood aspect um and so that's a huge part of it and I think you have to um I would say embrace it Mm. with the with the enthusiasm and love yeah like Sierra does it's a Mm -hmm. it's a learned behavior it's not something you know what came naturally to me was a love for children what came unnaturally to me was continually each day loving serving those children that was hard Mm -hmm. that's a really a sacrificial thing that I was like oh every day I have to make three meals (laughs) Every day I have to clean poop off of someone every day. I have to maybe eat, maybe not, maybe not shower, you know? And that was, that was sort of that, you know, where it was like, you learn as you go and it's like, oh, you're getting into this rhythm, this everyday rhythm. And I feel like a lot of times our culture celebrates the, the, difficulties of motherhood very loudly mm-hmm. and it almost encourages moms to be um sort of degrading to their children or to being a mom and complaining and yeah yeah and I definitely went down that route for like this long where I was like this is so hard and everything's so difficult and I don't want and it is it is hard it is difficult but then but what what better thing Well, and like, truly, that's why I say it's the toughest job I've ever loved because it's not, it's not an easy life that leads to a a beautiful one. It's the one where you've had to go up and down and you've had to do it together. You've had to fight for each other with each other a little bit, uh, (laughs) resolve conflict, and then truly come alongside each other and say, no, you know what? We are a dynamic team. We have these incredible children. Let's do this. Let's like, you know, buckle down, grin and bear it. Let's do this. And it sometimes takes that white knuckled grip of I'm not letting go. (laughs) I am going to hang on for whatever wild ride this presents. And um, then sometimes it's smooth sailing and you just go, wow, that we, we made it through that. Like, Mm. I five. We made it through that. I will say something for mothers out there, real quick, about motherhood. You go through scripture, coming from a father. You go through scripture, coming from a father. <laughs> Come on. And you read a lot about Christ, and I think moms are always 
from my experience with Sierra, getting to see it up close and personal, I think everybody, but from a mother's perspective, women and mothers try to really feel like, well, where's my place in the gospel? You know, where's my place in, in Christianity? And you look at the gospels and you look or at the women. Or even you, you oh, go back. Breaking. I'm going to lose this if you don't let okay, me finish. Okay, 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 okay. Um, uh, I have a supportive and I think, And I think that when Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me mm. a mother more than anybody mm. I've, I've witnessed. And this is me saying, you know, from my perspective up close and personal really embraces that and envelops that completely. And I think that we get caught up sometimes like, am I enough? Am I in, in our walk with Christ? Not so much as a human being, but am I close to God? Am I doing God's work? Am I doing his will? And I look at mothers particularly and I say, wow, like, Hey, I'm not saying Jesus didn't give up a lot. Trust me. Not by no sense of that. Daily, that's a huge sacrifice. Yes. Whether it's one child, whether it's 10 children, whether it's grandchildren, you know, I mean, it's, it's whether it's huge, foster care, whether it's being a, a stepmama. Those, those parents, that selfless love, that sacrifice, like she said, sometimes, hey, I'm going to feed all my little, you know, chickens before I get to eat. Yeah. Well, I'm going to do, I'm thinking about keeping him clean before I clean myself. It's but such that's amazing something that, thing. that Mark has been. I really... gotta go let a dog in. Oh, and then come back because I have a question for you. Okay. That's something that Mark has really. Um, I've watched his growth in being a father because I say this. I say, you know, Mark. Mark had no example of fatherhood. He had no dad, no grandpa, nothing. Um, and uh, so, as I'm feeding my little chickies, and as I am, you know, serving out all the meals. He's quick to be like, did anybody tell their mommy? Thank you. Mm -hmm. And just extending, teaching our children gratitude in small things. I had to learn gratitude in small things. I had to say, you know what, Lord, today might've been a dumpster fire, but you gave me today and you gave me these children. And no matter how hard it was, no matter how much poop was on me. (laughs) Yeah, literally. This day was from you, and this is a gift. And so, okay, Georgia has a question for you. So come on back come in. Come on back, Mark Dominguez. I love this. Yes, Sierra and, and Mark. Like, this is y'all, Faith and Friends. Mark, you hijacked, you hijacked my podcast. Uh, I know. It. Oh, well, cool. we are one. So you are one. So I'm kind of okay with it. I'm kind of okay with it. Two for one special tonight. I love it. I'm here for it. I was just wondering, like, as I have both of y'all, you know, a lot of parents put their children above their marriage. Mm. And we see that a lot. Mm. And sometimes people forget about (laughs) their marriage and the importance of that. I love my my children. Come on, Mark. So much. Mm -hmm. And they're all beautiful children. Mm -hmm. This is my wife. I mean, she's beautiful, spectacular. How can I not keep it coming? I mean, coming. <laughs> uh-huh. we got seven children speaks for itself. <laughs> right. Right. So what advice would you have to say to, to the people out there that have their minds just so focused on the children, they've kind of lost sight of what's actually what brought them together in the first place. I, I can speak on this because we've been there. Yeah. We have been there where we are back to back, right? We're, we're back to back. I'm changing a poopy diaper. He's catching throw up in a bowl. Mm -hmm. 
there's not time in that season, but even the smallest act of finding each other again, like searching for their hand to hold while you're watching a movie together or kissing each other. I remember I have this very distinct, vivid memory of it's one of my favorite memories because I was being selfish in this moment of like postpartum, like, I'm trying to breastfeed and I'm trying to figure this out and it's 3am and I'm sad. And I look over (laughs) at my snoring husband and I'm like, must be nice, (laughs) you know? And I was frustrated. I was like, you're you're doing nothing. You're literally laying there. I fell asleep and, uh, you, you fall asleep sitting up a lot. Mm -hmm. You get used to it while you're in the throes of postpartum. I wake up to Mark awake. He had turned on a lamp. He was getting all the diaper stuff ready because I would nurse and he would change the diaper and we'd lay the baby back down. And he was getting all the stuff ready. And then I woke up to him kissing my shoulder and saying, I have never seen a more beautiful picture than right now. You are so beautiful. Just, and I was, I did not feel beautiful. We were postpartum. Okay. Mm. You feel odd and sweaty. Um, and he literally, this way, you're, you're there in marriage. I'm trying to make sure if you, when you become parents and you have that special person in your life, I mean, the there's a reason you have a wedding album, right? You're both in your prime of your youth. You're glowing. You're, you know, you're looking your top, if you will. And it was your top. It was a red letter day. It was the top, you know, it's you. It's you celebrating. And that is amazing. And it's great. Everyone should have them. And they're great to look back on. And they're, um, you know, beautiful. And as you have a child, it's amazing how God opens your or expands your, you say the right way, the, your um, appreciation, your understanding of beauty more. Like mm-hmm. you think, you know, when you're in that honeymoon or newly married phase, it's like, this person's gorgeous. I love this person. They're beautiful. Yeah. And, and then when you have a, your child together, a new level of beauty and it's like going from like 3d to 40 or to 5d you know it's a no it's not something you can really understand till you're in it but once you're there it's like wow like i'm not seeing just my wife on in a wedding day gown or is that what they call me um nightgown on a wedding day dress (laughs) but So when I, when I see, you see your wife with your newborn, like yeah. giving that newborn life, like right. that newborn is right. looking to this person for life. It's such a raw moment. It really it's, is where he had to decide, no, that's what's beautiful about that woman. Yeah. The wedding day, phenomenal, but truly the most beautiful thing is this. Mm-hmm. And, and I had to shift my body dysmorphia, my view that culture put on me, my, my, um, 
you know, every, every struggle that every girl walks around with, but doesn't talk about of, no, I look disgusting right now. I told you sweaty and odd right now. Um, I had to shift and start looking at myself the way he looked at me. And I, I, that was so hard because I was so conditioned to think the beautiful moments are the ones that everyone sees, but really the most beautiful moments are the quiet after a chaotic moment or me breastfeeding a baby or me, you know, my, my belly that isn't flat anymore, but is soft for a baby to lay on, you know, like all of those, like very tender moments that they are not celebrated well in our culture. I say this because I don't follow a lot of pop culture, but I do know just from like scrolling by or or glances and and things and, and whatever things that pop up, the world pushes so much for a woman who just had gave birth to look like a to bounce back yeah yes. like supermodel and lose all the I mean to look something you know that's just unfair or unreal expectations so quick mm-hmm. but they don't I want to say they don't allow or teach Celebrate. that the beauty of just enjoying this moment this yeah. process this this phase of her life as a mom. And and that is something too. I've always told my children to fall forward. Like if you're going to mess up, fall forward. Okay. Like let's get back up. Let's try again. Let's do our best. And rather than having a culture that encourages you to bounce back, we really need to celebrate that falling forward for a mama because motherhood is tough as nails. You know, you need, you need to, you need to go lay him down. Okay. Mark Mark Dominguez is out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Say goodbye. Signing off. Signing off. Mark for your wisdom. Put this back where it was, please. I'm so grateful that like we're family. And so it's just casual and fun. Probably Merrick will sneak in randomly somewhere soon. Probably. Probably. And you know what? This is great. This is great. No, seriously. I, I just started like a little nanny job that is every day. This is my first time doing like Monday through Friday, same family. Are you exhausted by 8 PM? Oh yeah. I'm exhausted. I have these bags under my eyes. I mean, I have all these different smells on me, but it's gotten to this point where I look forward to our sweet routine. I look forward to these Mm -hmm. moments where we're coloring together and you're telling me about Jesus, or we can just sing together throughout the day or picking up the baby after nap time. And those nap time post nap time cuddles are the best. And I don't care if it follows me having to change a poopy diaper. It's right. worth it because I love you, even though you're not even mine, you know? Right. right. No, oh, and it's so that, beautiful. me working at a daycare, same thing. Yeah. My favorite thing when I worked at a daycare was I would, after, the, after nap time, all the little girls' hair is like, <laughs> and I loved to get a little comb and some little ponytails and do like the cutest little hairstyles on all my little girlies. And so then we had three boys to start with. And I was like, Lord, do you think, <laughs> could I have a girl? Um, and I was convinced I could only have boys. Then we had the two girls, oh. one right after another. And I remember the first time I put braids in one of my little girls' hair and I was like, full circle. This is what I hoped for. Oh, the desires of your heart. Yes. 
like I was hoping for this because I love to braid, you know, their hair. It's so fun and they feel fancy and I feel like they are fancy and (laughs) you know what I mean? So yeah, full circle moment for sure. Absolutely. It's so beautiful. So as I'm watching these babies, Sierra, honestly, like a lot of the things that I am instilling in these babies, as I just get them, you know, from nine to five, but a lot of them have been things that I've watched my mama do and I've watched you do. And it's so cool how you're just, you are subconsciously taking note and just learning by just watching. And they're always watching. I mean, I watch you mama and you're like, yes, ma'am. And just instilling manners or instilling just this beautiful correction and discipline. Because if you love something, it comes with discipline, the word disciple discipline, and it's just so beautiful. And so, man, I just, I was just wondering, like, what are some ways, the soft little mundane things of just showing up daily to love these kids and to walk alongside them as they grow? What are some simple ways that we can love even just our friends better, but our children and the next generation. I, I would love to expound some form of wisdom on you. I'm not an expert on this though. I, I still learn every single day, even being a mama of seven, having an almost 12 year old, you know, I, what I'm willing to do is being a continual learner. Yeah. So each day I learn something new about each individual child. And when you multiply that by seven, that's a lot of new each and every day that starts to stack up. But I know that on Kai's hot dog, he wants ketchup and mustard, but I know that on Asher's, he'd prefer nothing. I know that in Asher's soup, he would prefer sour cream, but I know that um, Eden wouldn't, you know what I mean? And those seem minuscule. They seem tiny as a grain of sand in the world of details, but I've memorized them because I want my child to know. So I I guess what I'm saying, a lot of my love, I hope that gets translated. It's my prayer that it gets translated when they get older revolves around me preparing a meal for them. It's a simple act. I do it three times a day, every single day. So it's something that every single day it's a necessity. Um, But it truly is one of those things where I hope my biggest hope is Lord, would they feel seen? Would they feel loved? And would they feel heard? Because I think the deep rooted cry all of us have in this world is Mm -hmm. we want to feel seen, loved and heard. And so when you, when you translate, uh, translate that to a Mark. <laughs> Mark Dominguez is back, everybody. Come on in. Babe, babe, I love you. I love you. I, I heard you. I, I gotta put the kid to bed. I heard this and I wanted to comment on Sierra. <laughs> I love this. This is a two for one special. I'm so excited. Part of comment. <laughs> That's what we say in our marriage. When one of us is talking too long, We'll say you need to land the plane. I have a supportive comment. That's our like break of like, you are talking way too much. I don't think so. Could Mark you ever? A, Mark has a supportive comment. I, okay. I supportive comment. Land the plane. Here we go, Mark Dominguez. Oh, I heard you say something a little bit about like little things you do or something throughout every day. 
something Sierra does with the kids that is one of those things that as a kid, you probably don't think it's a big deal. And it's not till you're older that it kind of like, ooh, you know, light bulb comes on and you realize how much you probably miss it. Um, Cause I didn't have this as a kid to this level. Um, but every morning when she wakes up, the first thing Sierra does is she comes into the room and she goes around and gives every kid putting this one kiss on the head or the cheek and tells them that she loves them, which is really sweet. It's mm. true. You do that. Thank you for noticing that. Good supportive comment. That you is a good cry. support. Can I have a supportive comment while you cry? <laughs> I'll do a supportive comment. One of yeah. my favorite things that you do when I'm in the space shuttle with you, which is their big yeah. van that fits all yeah. of the children. Call it I, the space shuttle. I love the space shuttle. I cool. love that every time, and it just happens every time I'm with y'all is that there's some type of ambulance or police car and we always say a prayer over them. And all the kids know that this is a moment where we're gonna lift them up and we say, send your angels to protect yeah. them. And I do that every day, every time I see that. And it just makes me think of y'all because that was something that you highlighted to me that's small, but it's also huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and yeah. How, how huge that is, some of these kids, I'll be driving and I'll be like zoned in or something. And I'll even miss one. And all of a sudden I hear one of the kids pop up in the background praying. I'm like, starting oh, before us. Oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah. I was like, oh, good job. Something too, another seemingly insignificant thing that um, I don't see a whole lot that I hope that my children see is I really hope my children see me fail mm. sometimes. And I hope that, and I've told them this, um, I cannot teach you forgiveness unless I ask for it myself from you. Mm. So there may be a moment where you're at your wits end, you're exhausted, mom life, you say something harshly. And in that little tiny moment, that child is like sad, you know, hurt feelings. Their feelings are so big and it's so underestimated how big children's feelings are. So I have taught them how to apologize. Both of us have, but we will go up to them and say, I was wrong for speaking harshly to you. Would you please forgive me? And then we'll ask them, how did it make you feel when I, you know, spoke harshly to you or when I, you know, didn't listen to the request right away or, you know, just, just little idiosyncrasies like that, where you think, oh, it's not that big of a deal. And that's sort of, like I said, that's sort of what our culture puts on us is like, well, kids are too small. They don't really know. They do know. They do know. Whether you are putting a quarter in each day or taking a quarter away, kids know. So whether we are pouring into them or pulling from them a lifetime of that, leads to pain or you know what my parents did their best they loved us we felt seen loved and heard Mm -hmm. and so I I am quick to if somebody says oh my gosh you're super mom I'm like no 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 (laughs) I am a mediocre mama I serve a super god and I have seven incredible children incredible children So I try and refute that really quickly because I don't feel super every single day. I don't feel super a lifetime of raising my kids. 
I've had really weak moments. I've had really raw moments. I've had really painful moments as being a mama, but I'll admit to it and I'll seek forgiveness for it. And, and that's another one, just like serving out a meal. If I am willing to humble myself to them, my biggest prayer is Lord, would they see that? Would they, Mm -hmm. would they, would they know what forgiveness is because they saw it? not just because they were taught it, you know, there, my favorite quote is there's more that is caught than taught. Mm. I can teach them all day long, but it's my behavior, my actions that are going to be what really sticks and what really, you know, is ingrained because they'll see it. They know this is a perfect example. Mm -hmm. Ellie made little Lego figurines of Mark and I, will you go get those? Oh, cute. I want to see it. She dug through this monstrosity of a Lego bin. We have a tote that's like, it's huge. It's huge. huge. And I remember one of the boys said we had two, but we gave one away because we had a lot of Legos. And I said, oh, mommy donated it because mommy was tired of stepping on them. But oh yeah, (laughs) feels like knives, right? Mm -hmm. Occasionally, occasionally we'll have this special moment where we'll take the whole bin and dump it and they get to like, spread it all out and find these little tiny treasures. Ellie worked for the better part of like three hours Mm. on these two Lego figurines. She searched through this entire Lego bin of stuff all over the boys' floor. You know, we're talking like 10 feet by like seven feet worth of Legos. She searched. And then that night she presented them to Mark and I. And We have them on our bedside tables. Because and how old is Ellie? Ellie is seven and she, so here's Mark. Oh my gosh. Looks just like you. He, Get in the picture, Mark. So we can has, yeah, let's see the hair. It's the yep. hair. It's the hair. Um, and the, does he have a weight in his hand? He, yeah, so she found these little dumbbells and she goes, this is daddy working out. So and then sweet. so sweet. Oh. oh, look at you with the because because you have your mugs that you make. Yep. Oh, the Potter. I don't know if you can S J D pottery. Yeah, but and the ponytail. She, she goes, uh, yeah, the mom bun. This is yeah. motherhood. Motherhood. Um, she goes, you love your coffee, mommy, and I'm so proud of the mugs that you make. And I also love the color purple. So she found magenta pants to put on me, which I'm here. I love the weird pants. I'm, I'm here for it. it. And see that yeah. those are the moments like that. That's the moment. Seemingly insignificant, but this is a treasure that I probably will never give back to my children because these are too perfect. I don't, you know, think, like I don't think just, I should give it back. Until, until we set them here tonight, because we've been talking about them and Merrick finds them in the morning. And then all of a sudden, like, there's a piece here. Then we can't find them. The yeah. Mugs here. I'm gonna hide yeah, I would hide them. And then at, like, no. your 50th wedding anniversary, just put them on the cake topper. Oh, my gosh. How cute would that be? <laughs> it would be adorable. We'll have a lesson tomorrow. We'll say, guys, Legos are going to be built and taken apart. It happens. Yes. These two. Yeah. And then they'll have another building contest, and all will be well. Yes. I love it. I love it. It's truly the small moments. And I know that these children that I'm watching aren't mine, but I've had just such sweet little, little nuggets with this precious little four-year-old girl. And 
a couple of days ago, I was talking with her dad and they didn't know that I had like a hearing impairment that I couldn't hear out of my right ear. And mm. her, we, he, they're just such beautiful, God-fearing, believing people. They were like, let's just pray right now. And they were like, come on, kiddos, let's pray for George's ear. And oh, so they oh, just prayed oh, for my oh. ear and I was just receiving it. And it was just so beautiful. And, you know, the dad leaves and I'm just playing with the kids and two days goes by. And then today, Basil the little girl and I were drawing and she just looks at me and she says, Georgia, I hope your ear feels better. And she just remembers. And these kids, like you said, like they're watching, they're remembering every little moment is a seed being planted. And she even told me, she said, I had a nightmare the other night. I said, Oh no. Did you like tell your mommy or daddy, or do you need to talk about it? Like, tell me about it. She said, no, no, I didn't, I didn't tell them. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, are you okay? And she said, yeah. She said, I talked to Jesus about it. And I mm -hmm. said, Oh, she's four. I said, yeah. so what did, what did Jesus say? And she said, well, he told me that he was with me in my dream and that I was okay. And oh. it's just like the most beautiful thing to listen. So and, and that's so where he wants us. Like that Matthew 18, where the disciples yeah. ask like, who who is the greatest in the kingdom? And, and he brings a child to himself and he sits the child down and he says, you have to be like this, come like a child. Yes. And so like you're talking about with motherhood, I know I'm not a mother, but I know that this season is preparing me for that. And it's just so beautiful to, to look at the children where he says, let the children come. And that is just all what he loves, right? Yes. Pause. I love you. Love it. It's good stuff, Georgia. Thank you for your supportive comments, Mark Dominguez. Thank you, Mark Dominguez. Have a good night. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs> Part three. We'll do have we'll have to do a marriage episode. My man. My man. We love y'all, man. No, oh. seriously. I'm so grateful for both wisdom of both y'all because it really does take a team. It, it, it really does. takes the village. And and I like that little tiny act of I kiss all of them on their head. And I say, did you have good resties? And they also say, yes, ma'am. And I say, well, I love you so much. Good morning. Mm -hmm. And he sees that. And that's, I like got choked up by it because I just do it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just life. Like I'm just kissing my kids. Good morning, you know? And I don't know. That was sweet. That was a sweet supportive comment. That really was a good supportive comment. And that plane, <laughs> that plane can stay in the air as long as it wants. I just, okay. I love it. Smooth sailing. It's just so beautiful. And, you know, we've talked a lot about motherhood, but another aspect of what I wanted to talk about was just the fact that you can do motherhood. You can be a mama and carry the babies, but you can also hold the business as well. And it's been so cool. Like, did you even have this beautiful pottery journey in 2019? Were you just starting? I can't okay. even remember. No, I took my very first pottery class, September of 2020. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, so it's only been that long. Yeah. <laughs> oh my yes. gosh. Took wheel one. That was my birthday present from Mark. Was a pottery class. Was a pottery class. Cause I watched pottery YouTube videos at the end of the day, you know, took care of all the babies. Everybody's sleeping. The way I decompressed was I would watch pottery YouTube videos. Cause it's so soothing. And I like in my heart, I was like, man, how cool would it be to do it? You know, but I was like, you know, like, when am I going to do that? 
And so I started looking and I found a studio here locally and, um, I was like researching it and then Mark surprised me. And that was my birthday gift was wheel one. And so I took wheel one terrible at it. Oh, really? Terrible at it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Everybody is when they start, That's true. but, but like I taught my pottery students later, being terrible at something is the first step to overcoming your fear of even trying something new. Mm, come on. Like if we don't celebrate the pieces that are, that we don't love, mm. when you get to the pieces that you do love, you completely discredit this entire space of time where you had to fail, failing forward, falling, falling forward. forward. Yep. So, um, took wheel one, it was six weeks long. So I was coming to my last class and I left my last class and I got in my car and I burst into tears because I knew it was over. And, um, actually also to, I cry a lot. It's, it's a struggle. Motherhood. <laughs> but, right. Hashtag motherhood. Um, after my very first class, I got in my car and I started crying because it was, I loved it. I loved it. I have loved hobbies. I have loved businesses of mine, but I mean, I have not spiritually, physically, mentally, emotionally been all there and in love with it. Cause I have done, I have in an 11, so Kai's 11 mm -hmm. in the 11 years of me being a mama, I've had 11 failed businesses. Wow. So my track record is not great, but you failed forward, but I failed forward and I didn't give up. And, and the way that I failed in those businesses was just inexperience, lack of knowledge, lack of wisdom, you know, lack of resources, um, you know, all of these things where it's just like, okay, like, yeah, it, it folded, but it's like, that's okay. We, we learned. And Mark has been a great support in that too. And being like, well, we learned, you know, like that's okay. That continuing education, continually yep. learning. Mm -hmm. So, um, I was extremely sad, but content. I got to try it, yes. you know? And so I got home and, uh, Mark was like, how was it your last class? Uh, and I was like, I know it was phenomenal. Thank you for the gift. And I was like, honestly, I'm kind of grieving that it's my last one. And he's like sitting there listening very intently. And then he goes, I know that's gotta be tough. And he was like, by the way, um, wheel two starts next Tuesday. So you might need to gear up. Cause I signed you up while you were driving home. So when I say I fell in love with pottery, we fell in love with me falling in love with pottery because without that support, yeah, I wouldn't be where I am right now. No. He constantly was like, go do it. Mm -hmm. And that is the most humbling, sobering thing about this entire journey is that without his support in this, you know, cause this was on his day off where every day on a Tuesday, I would drive an hour and a half away, take a two hour class. He would be home, homeschooling all the babies, tending to all the need, Mr. Mom here. And then I'd come home and he'd ask me all about it. And we'd ooh and ah over these little teeny tiny pieces, you know, 
And so it was a sacrifice on his part too. Like that's not easy either. And so took wheel two again, just felt this, like when you're digging in the earth, just this, like, no, there's something here. Yeah. I'm going to keep digging. Um, then wheel two was ending. It, it was a six week course as well. <clears throat> and, uh, it was really hard for me. It ended in November of, or it would have been beginning of December, 2020. That was, that was challenging. Um, and we, it was, it was one of those things where, again, I was grieving it, but I was grateful for the opportunity to even try. And so I got home, same emotions. I, this time I like visibly cried in front of him. Cause I was like, I just love it so much. Mm-hmm. I just am going to miss it. Like it, it's that grief, you know, where you are just like, no, like I can't explain why. And, uh, So beginning in December for our wedding anniversary, he bought me a four month studio membership because I'd taken all the classes. There weren't any classes to take. So for our um, anniversary, he bought me the studio membership that began in January. So from January to January, February, March, April, um, I was in the studio whenever I could be, which was not a lot, you know? Um, but I was just failing, 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 cranking out stuff, failing, failing, cranking out stuff. And then in March, I presented to the studio owner. I said, Hey, if you ever have any room in your class schedule for like an intro to pottery, I really feel like there's a space here where somebody could just dip their feet in it and not commit to a six week course, but maybe a three week course. So effectively it would be like, um, the, as as seen on TV version of pottery, where I wedge the clay for them, they just come and get to throw and get messy and maybe only have a couple bowls and then they get to glaze it, you know, just that very like, here's pottery. And then if they love it, then they can move on to wheel one. And she hadn't had that class ever. Um, because she was just teaching classes on her own. She had just opened the studio, you know? Um, and so she was like, yeah, perfect. Yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I'm still like new, like little kindergarten Potter feel very new. Mm -hmm. Um, and she was like, yeah, let's get it on the schedule for March. And I was like, um, this March, (laughs) like this month. And she was like, yeah, like let's figure out a curriculum and let's get it on schedule. And two weeks later I was teaching Oh my god! and every single one of my classes sold out every single. So every three weeks I met with six new people, taught six new people, the love of pottery that I have. I taught them the, and I, my first thing that I said to them when they entered my classroom was, I want you to enter this space, willing to be uncomfortable with the principle of failing is okay. If you don't fail here, you'll never know if you love pottery, because if you don't fail, you can't get to that next moment that feels like a success. And so truly encouraging, you know, if their piece of pottery was like this big, I'm like, that's a salt pinch. That's perfect. You know, like there's purpose in that little vessel. Um, and really (laughs) championing that like beginner mode. Um, 
So I ended up teaching um, March to May. And right about mid-May, I felt because I was teaching my students, don't be afraid, be courageous, mm. try something new. But I'd never sold a piece of my pottery. I was so nervous. So I've, I've had this like heavy conviction of how am I teaching them to be brave, but I'm so scared mm. to try and sell my own work because I never considered myself an artist. First of all, like I'm not artsy, like, you know, and which is probably some, you know, trauma. Thing from, yeah, trauma from childhood, you know, where I believed the lie. Mm-hmm. And, um, so anywho, so May 30th, 2021. Okay. Cause we're now, we were in 2021 when mm-hmm. I was teaching May 30th of 2021. I opened my first shop drop. And when I say I was so nervous, I could throw up. I am not kidding because I was like, what if nobody likes it? You know, like, and I've been doing videos on social media of like, here I am at the studio. I'm prepping all my students work. I'm, you know, divvying out all their pieces. I'm, you know, all these little seemingly small moments that I only did on a Tuesday for like four hours, you know, because the rest of the time, full-time job is I'm mama, you know, I'm, I'm teacher, I'm mama, I'm lunch lady, I'm diaper changer. Like that's my job. Yeah. And so anyways, I listed everything on May 30th and, uh, in 10 minutes, the entire shop sold out and I burst into tears like instant tears. And Mark goes, I told you people will love it. He was like, Sarah, you love it. Mm -hmm. Why would people not love the same things that you do? You're amazing at it. You have championed all these people to do all these amazing things for their own life. You need to start believing in yourself and championing yourself. And that's such a weird thing when you're a mama and you go through those emotions of who am I? I'm newly married. I'm, I'm, you know, learning how to be married. I'm now a new mama. I'm learning how, who, who am I? That is a question that most moms ask themselves. Who am I? Am I so-and-so's mother? Am I so-and-so's wife? Who am I? And I wrestled with that for several years of not really knowing and searching. And I, I always wanted to do entrepreneurial things, but like I said, they'd either fizzle out or completely fail. And so then you go through this like sort of desert wasteland of like, okay, I guess, I don't know. Is this it? Is this all I am? Not that it's not enough, but I knew there was something missing a little, there was a piece of my heart missing a little bit. I've, I've married my best friend. Mm. I have seven phenomenal human beings, but, but this outlet for creativity and this desire for entrepreneurship to, to be able to do it out of my home, you know, that, that was still a desire and it had been forever. Um, so anywho, we, launched the first shop drop, then about a month and a half later, launched the second shop drop, then about, you know, so that was exactly one year ago in five days. Well, okay. So that was exactly one year ago 
on May 30th. So it's been one year. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you feel? The best description I can give that I've given since the beginning is overwhelmed with gratitude. Mm. I I'm so overwhelmed and quiet about it because I'm just like, thank you. (laughs) You know, because I started selling pottery. Then I made, I designed my own sticker collection. Mm -hmm. I love that. Then I created joy boxes where I I curated um, all sorts of small businesses together for this box. And it included a piece of my pottery and it included my stickers and my little pencils. I sent you one. Yeah, I love it all. And, uh, you know, all, all, all of these things, t-shirts, I've sold t-shirts in my shop and that sold out, you know, all of these things where I'm like, okay, what, what, what's next, you know, but, but still the steadiness in that is pottery. Like people are loving the pottery and that's such an encouraging thing for me. It, it's, I did it wrong, technically. Most potters, they start and then they start going to all these markets. They set up a booth and they, you know, establish this like local presence where everybody knows their pottery locally. I didn't. Like no. probably some local people wouldn't know that I'm a potter or what SJD pottery is. But I have a vase in France from a lady and I have, you know, that I sent to her and I have mugs in Australia and I have mugs in Canada. And I just got word um, last week that I have two mugs that landed safely a month and a half later in Cape Town, South Africa. Wow. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) It's so humbling. Like it's, I, I, it's not me, but it is me, but it's Lord, the Lord, you know? So right when I started, I thought it would be cool if you can see this world map. So I started literally the, the day after my first shop drop, I ordered this map. This is a wooden map that's stuck on my wall. It has little holes on each country and I have little paper airplane pins. So I started pinning each country and each state of America um, that have bought my pottery. So I get to add a sweet little pin in Cape Town, South Africa, which is just mind blowing. Yes. (laughs) I can't even comprehend. You're like, okay. And it took a month and a half to get there. We didn't even know because postage sending it there, you're not guaranteed that it gets there. It might get stolen. It might get damaged. It had customs tape where they had opened the box, went all the way through it, taped it back that says checked by customs. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it might not make it, <laughs> but, but it, it did. Yeah, yeah, it did. did. Oh. And man, just to be able to see that where it's literally me like here's my package please no, literally don't yeah and it's like you said like it may fail like you started this it may fail this package may not make it there but this might not fail this might actually make it there and you know what you wouldn't know unless you send it out you wouldn't know if you actually tried and failed forward and you, you fail forward and you succeeded you wouldn't know if you didn't get in the vehicle come on drive to the post office, release that box Mm -hmm. and trust 
those people are going to do their job. I did my part. Yep. That is, that's what it's all about. Truly. That, that is such a beautiful life application because here I am sending a piece of my heart to a different country. I have poured my own labor hands. It's hard work. It is Mm -hmm. difficult. Pottery is not easy. Mm. And I'm trusting that it's going to just be okay. And that release, it really is the best physical example I can think of, of one day Kai's going to graduate. Ellie's going to get married. Asher's going to have his first child. Yeah. Eden's going to go off to college. You know, Brooks is going to join the military or, you know, I don't know that, but one day I'm going to have to be like, okay, a piece of my heart is literally leaving my hands, you know, my home. And I have to trust that I packaged it with enough padding that I put enough packing peanuts that I put it in a secure enough box that I taped it well enough that it's going to make it to its destination safely. That is full circle trying to be a mama and being a mom, mom, entrepreneur. That's such a hard word. To I say. love that word. <laughs> mom, entrepreneur. Mom, entrepreneur. I don't even know if I said it. Very oh hard. Gosh. Very hard to say. <laughs> very hard. Very hard. Well, I love everything. I just, I love you. I love you on and off the screen. You're the same person. You're the same person in your home as you are on social media and same person. I, when I pick up the phone and talk to you and through voice memos, you're just my favorite. I just love you. And so as you go into this one year anniversary, how can we be supporting you and any final thoughts? (laughs) Um, so I, as I'm entering into this one year anniversary, I'm all, I'm forward thinking, right? So I, the pottery keeps selling out. Praise God. So <laughs> she's like, so that means I got to still work. <laughs> so I got to keep making it, um, which is such a cool thing. But also I feel bad because people trying to get a piece and then they get, you know, it, people will be checking out and it'll glitch on my thing. And then someone will steal it out of their cart on my oh online gosh. shop. You know oh, what I mean? Like, yeah. and I have no control over who gets what, like you just first come first serve. Here it is. Yeah. So, um, I've, I've found little ways to kind of keep the shop filled. It's an online store, which sounds weird, but as a way to keep it open, keep it filled. So I'm not just like, and 10 minutes later, sorry guys, whole entire shop is shut down. So I did the joy boxes. I did the t-shirts. I've done the stickers. I, I, on the radar coming up is my own line of t-shirts that I would do. Yes. Um, I'd love to do, I, I just bought wholesale t-shirts from a company that I really supported and I loved the design of all their t-shirts. So I put those on my shop and I sold them, you know, just to kind of get that small business propelled out there a little bit. Um, and so now I'd really like to create my own line. I think that would be really fun, but that's, that's, you know, I don't know when, I don't know when, but I'm trusting that. Um, but for now I'm working on, I've made these earrings. They're so cute. Y'all for y'all on YouTube, you can see them, but if you're listening, just take our word. They're so cute. Little flower earrings. They're real dried flowers. Um, 
earrings and I'm excited to launch these into the world. They're, um, they're new. I haven't really talked about them. I, it, they're a learning curve for me, but it's more of that like hands-on creativity, making something. I'm such a maker. I love building. I love creating. I love seeing. I took these five pieces and created this, you know, I, I might not be great at it, but I love trying, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, that's on the radar, you know, that'll still take some time. It's still in, in, new phase but uh, as as far as it goes following on social media Mm -hmm. to pay attention to when the shop drops are because I typically will do a shop drop about once a month um and then really just you know I I think that my the best way you could support me is by searching your own heart and allowing yourself to believe in yourself a little bit Um, because truly I I don't want people to be like, oh, you know, I got to support SJD pottery. There are, I I want you to support you. Like if you have a dream, if you have a creative outlet that just, man, it gets your gears going, or it really fulfills some pocket of your heart that you didn't even know was empty necessarily or needed healing. Or, you know, if, if you, if it's knitting, if it's, you know, card making, if it's, I don't know if it's hand lettering, if it's, you know, journaling or whatever, whatever it is, my challenge to you is the best way you can support a small business is if you have that desire, do it. Mm. If you don't have that desire, support it, you know, like buy a sticker from a local person who's trying to make something. Um, If if a mama says, I'm going to start jewelry making volunteer to buy her first couple of pairs. You know, I have a friend who makes, um, she makes leather earrings and she was so nervous to put it on Etsy. And she had all these questions. And I told her, I was like, I will buy five pairs from you right now. And I did. And I, you know, I put my money where my mouth was. She launched the Etsy shop that she was so scared to do. And I bought from her. Because even if, you know, leather earrings aren't her gig five years from now, building up that mama in that moment really propels them down a path away from self-doubt. Yeah. It leads them down a path of rather than saying, who am I? They start saying, Lord, who are you? Mm. This gifting and to push me make me uncomfortable, you know, like I still, when I go to post a shop drop, I still get anxiety. I still can't breathe. I still am nervous. I'm like, what if nobody likes it? I don't even know, but it's not about me. It's right. it's not about that. You know, like I just got to do it. I just got to send the package, you know, yep. like mail it, mail <laughs> and, it, send uh, the package. <laughs> it's one of those things where I, I think that that I would love to say, you know, Oh, go buy a piece of pottery or go buy a sticker or, but really that's not that that's like a moment yeah. of serotonin, right? Yeah. Like where you're like, yay, add to cart. <laughs> really search your own heart. Yep. Um, if, if there's something you're passionate about or something you didn't even realize you were passionate about, watch YouTube videos on it, Google research about it, 
join Facebook groups on it where you learn from people who have been in the industry for 40 years. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Where you're suddenly absorbing all this knowledge. You didn't even know you had the brain capacity for because you've been too busy raising seven children. Yeah. Just, I didn't know I had the mental capacity to try something new. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like there's, there's so much, I don't know, you, you sort of discredit and that, that goes right alongside that continuing learning, you know, Mm -hmm. be a continual learner because I, I didn't even know I held the capacity to learn all this. And in literally a year and a half, this is what God has done. He's so good. You know, yeah, it's just amazing. It's, it's phenomenal. It's all the emotions and it's something I didn't even know I asked for. Wow. So something really cool that I want to share in closing is, um, my mom always had this, uh, clay pot that sat on a shelf in her bathroom. And for the longest time, I always thought my sister made it in art class because she's an extremely gifted artist, um, uh, very passionate about art and just can do, you know, pick up a paintbrush, pick up a pencil, sketch out something that's phenomenal. Not this girl. I'm Mm -hmm. not, I don't art that way. Um, And so when I first started pottery, for some reason, I kept thinking back to that pot. And I was like, it's like a pinch pot where you like pinch a ball of clay and it's like this tall cylinder. And it was a vase for mother's day. So on the exterior of it, it, it's a, there's a heart stamped in it. And I love you, mom. And it's painted all over really pretty. You know, it's, it's clear that it's from a younger child. Um, and so I was talking to my mom one evening about pottery. And I was like, yeah, I always had this desire to touch pottery, but like, I didn't take art classes in high school or middle school. I didn't, you know, I just didn't pursue the art department whatsoever because I just assumed I was an artist, was not an artist. And so I thought back to this little tiny pitch pot and I went to my parents' house one time and my parents were, um, not there, but I literally stopped in to let all the kids use the restroom. And I found the pinch pot and I flipped it over. And on the bottom of the pinch pot was this incredibly, you know, elementary school cursive. Um, it was my name and I don't have memory from that time, but I have a pinch pot that my mom saved for years that have little hearts stamped on it. You know, it's that simple air dry clay that you can paint on immediately after. Mm -hmm. And you just literally set it in the sun, but she saved it. And I had these like paper flowers that I put in it. I don't remember making it. I don't remember painting it. No, I don't remember giving it to my mom. And that's, that's more in part one of why I don't remember that episode four. That's right. Episode four. Check it out, y'all. But you want to talk about God fulfilling the desires of your heart. I loved pottery when I was a little girl. Mm. Equally, 
in, in our family, our very large family, I told you I'm the oldest of like 54 first cousins in our very large family. We always talked about this gentleman named Johnny and, oh, Johnny made that. Oh, you know, and we always had this large frog, <laughs> frog, green frog, mm-hmm. large, um, outside. It was this, like the, I didn't know if it was made out of concrete or clay or I don't know, but it was always like in my mom's garden. And I just remember, oh, Johnny made that, you know, I didn't know who Johnny was. As I was starting wheel one, um, I had several relatives be like, well, of course you're in pottery, you know, Johnny did pottery. And I'm like, who's Johnny? (laughs) Johnny. No, I thought it was like an uncle, like a, you know, from a long time ago, my triple great grandfather Johnny Nelson was a master potter. Oh. He worked for the Red Wing um, company out of Michigan for years and then moved and created his own pottery and ran his own pottery for the rest of his life. Whoa. So then my great great grandfather, um, his son Earl, painted all the pottery for him. Mm. My grandmother, my, my great-grandmother, um, she is still living, praise the Lord. She's, she's this amazing woman. She remembered, you know, having to go and be there while they're painting the pottery, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so everybody, his stuff is sought after. It is collected because he created these phenomenal pieces. I'm talking angel figurines. He did a lot of, um, mold casting where he would make a mold and then be able to cast liquid pottery into liquid clay into it and be able to replicate it. That's how you can replicate. And I didn't know this. Yeah. Like, I, like I knew it, but, but like, you didn't know, but I didn't know no. there's a frog in my mom's garden that some old relative, Johnny, like Johnny, oh, Johnny. the dude. Um, and so the, the craziest thing is, you know, we, I started doing a little bit of digging because they have all of the historical facts on this because in this town, it's like population 20. <laughs> in this town, the, the pottery studio is what ran the, t- his personal pottery studio is what ran the town. And you want to talk about full, full circle, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I like, this is in my lineage and I didn't even know it yeah. until I started. Right. Which when you look at it like that, you have to, you have to believe in something bigger. You have to know that it can't just be my hands making this coffee mug. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so small. It's not insignificant, but it's, it's too small. You know, it's the pinch pot that I didn't even remember was mine. But for some reason, I remembered needing to go look at it, like just feel it and touch it. And then I flipped it over and I cried when I saw my name because I was like, Lord, you were with me then. Yeah, You're with me now. You're in this. This is not mine, but I'm showing up each day. I'm, I'm at the wheel each day and I've got the guns to prove it. I've got the pottery guns, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, do. where I've been throwing and working and, you know, wedging the clay and qu- 
quietly in my garage, you know, like just doing those seemingly insignificant tasks to get to a shop drop, to be able to mail two mugs to South Africa, you know, like mind blown. (sighs) Mind blown. (laughs) It's just such a beautiful thing. I just love the Lord. And I love the story that he's writing through you, through your family, through the work and the labor of love through your hands. He is the potter. We are the clay. Yeah. And it is just the most beautiful thing. And I'm so grateful. And so everybody needs to go follow Sierra Jo Dominguez on Instagram. This is a big part of her ministry where you can just keep up and be encouraged through her stories, through the yard and reels, through the pottery. <laughs> and man, oh man, I'm just so grateful to call you friend and sister. Mm-hmm. And I like, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Well, let me leave you with this little nugget. Let me, let me explain a little bit, Georgia, the process of pottery. Tell me. First thing you have to do is you have to open up a bag of clay. It comes in 25 pound bags. You have to cut off one pound is typical measurement for a mug. You have to wedge that one pound, which basically means um, kneading it like you would dough to make sure that all the clay particles align properly. Then you sit down and that initial plunk, when a ball of clay hits the metal um, pottery wheel, that's your first, it's like the, the bell whenever the horses shoot off to the races. That's your noise, right? Like you plunk and then the wheel starts humming. As the wheel starts humming, you have to add water to this ball of clay. You have to, I told my students constantly, Clay, pottery is like life. If you're dehydrated, you're going to fail. In pottery, if you don't have enough water, you're going to rip that ball of clay off the wheel, not even realizing it, and destroy your piece. Then you have to center the clay, and that is single-handedly the most difficult process of pottery. Getting a ball of clay perfectly centered is the foundation with which you, how you make a mug. Because if it's not centered, as soon as you start to pull the walls up, it'll reveal itself. Mm. It'll start to wobble. It looks like the the piece of clay is hula hooping, if you will. If you pull up even farther, it'll hula hoop more. You start to lose that centrifugal force that is meant for the potter's wheel and the piece of clay, you lose it. It starts to go off kilter, if you will. Similarly in life, if we get off-centered, and our world feels like it's spiraling in the wrong direction, it's really hard to remember what to do. As a potter, I have to stop the wheel. That's the only logical action. So you stop it, you cut off the piece of clay, you put it on your board as a failure, you take a ball out of your bag, you plunk it down on the wheel, and you try again. What I love about that is it's repetition, trying again. But what I love even more about it is that ball of clay that was a failure doesn't go in the trash can. Every single piece of clay that you use can be recycled. You re-wedge it, you let it dry out a little bit, then you rehydrate it, re-wedge it, knead it back into its original form, back into what it was meant to be, 
put it back in your bag and start again. And similarly in life, it's really hard to find beauty in failure. But if you're unwilling to search for it, you may never find it. You may just assume that your life is a disaster. I have all these piles of failures, if you will, that can never amount to anything. When in all actuality, if the direct comparison to us with our father is that he is the potter, we are the clay, that means he already knew we were failures. He already knew we might mess it up. He already knew we might go off center. He already knew that he might have to scrape us off the metal wheel Mm -hmm. and plunk us down on his work board and deal with us in a minute. But tenderly and lovingly, our lives can be rewedged, repurposed, recycled, and given an opportunity to truly be the vessel that we were made to be. That's what I love about pottery. Amen. (laughs) You're the best, Sierra. Thank you for joining us today. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for your ministry. Thank you for all that you're doing. You're phenomenal. Everybody that knows you loves you. Everybody that doesn't know you will love you. You're a champion. Same to you, sister. My potter, my friend, my mentor, my sister in Christ. We'll see you next time for part three, I'm sure. (laughs) Featuring Mark Dominguez. That's right. Oh, well, I love you, sister, and happy one year. Ah, what a celebration. Thank you. Thank you. All righty. We'll talk to you soon. Love you. Love you. I am just so, so grateful for this conversation, this friend, and this beautiful day. Like, y'all, I am so grateful we got to share it together. Sierra and Mark are so incredible. And truly, I think we need to have a part three where Mark and Sierra talk about marriage. Anybody else up for that combo? I know I'm here for it. So, sweet friends, I pray that you truly feel refreshed after this conversation. I know that we're talking about business and babies, but I'm just falling in love with Jesus more through this little combo that we had today. Okay, sweet friends, I'll see you next time. But until then, first of all, you should make sure you go follow Sierra Joe on Instagram because she posts the cutest stuff. And maybe you can snag a piece of pottery while you're at it or a sticker or two. But until next time, do not forget, sweet friends, there is a song on your heart only you can sing. Your voice is important. I'll see you next week. Bye!